welcome to Shit I Wish Someone Told Me, a series of conversations with my guest and I where we talk about all of the shit that we wish someone told us about different things at different points in our lives, all of which relate back to the most important topic of you. And figuring out who you are, knowing who that person is, accepting that person and being confident AF and who that person is and who they will be. And so today we are going to be talking with Chandra and joined. We're going to be talking all about trusting your body and trusting your damn self. And this is something that we are going to be having a um, a conversation on, specifically focusing on food and hunger cues and how ignoring them Fs with your sense of self-trust in all of the ways. And so I just want to go into a couple of necessary disclaimers just in case. This is not medical advice. We're not medical professionals. We're speaking from our own experience and we're sharing our own truth with the goal of creating an open and honest dialogue about the origins of food deprivation and not allowing yourself to eat because you feel guilty or you know you feel like you shouldn't or like it's past seven or what the fuck ever and actually giving yourself permission to eat. So we're gonna normalize that conversation today. If you feel that you are experiencing symptoms of disordered eating, Please do go and get some help. Um, NationalEatingDisorders.org is an option for you. There are also tons of telehealth options available now. If you want some recommendations, anything specific, you can slide into our DMs. We are happy to share that with you, but Google is going to be your friend here. So talking a little bit about Chandra, let me tell you, I'm going to be reading here. So she is a single mother of two young boys. Shout out for that. Any of the moms, like... I mean, props. She is uh, in a space where she finally got the courage to quit her job, chase her dreams, and tell her story. And so in doing so, she began a healing journey that led her to realize a lot of the shit she wished someone had told her, which is why we're here today. Like, you can start over whenever you want, and the best thing that you can possibly be is yourself. Things like, you should really follow your own advice and trust the damn process. And what we discussed today, trust that your body knows what it needs and what, and that it is your job to facilitate those things. Shandra is hell-bent on helping people find their way to their happiest, healthiest selves through life coaching, personal training, and open conversation, which we're going to talk more about here in just a second. And which we're going to have she is an author, a power lifter, a mother, and an all-around badass. And we are grateful that she is here today to have this conversation with us. So thank you. Is there anything else that you want to add that I left out? I don't know. Um, I make sound effects and hand gestures to emphasize things. So that's a very important key piece to my personality. Love. So we'll get lots of excitement sound effects today. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, all right, let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, what is some shit that you wish someone told you about trusting your body and how that's actually training your brain to trust all of your decisions and judgments or not trust them? (laughs) So I think the biggest thing um, that I've learned recently that I wish someone had told me, which is where this conversation stems from, is that when you're hungry, you should eat. Mm. And it seems like it's like real common sense, but we are very much conditioned to not do that. And it took learning to trust my body, to listen to my body, to give it what it needs. Because my job, when my stomach is growling, when I'm tired, 
when I'm getting a little shaky is to facilitate food into my mouth <laughs> so that I am no longer feeling like shit. Right. And it took me 33 years to learn that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think this is exactly where I have this conversation because this is something that so many people, and this is something we definitely want to talk about in terms of, you know, how do we get here to this conversation today? And, you know, relating this type of, you know, knowing, you know, your food cues and your hunger cues all the way to like really trusting yourself. And that's because like, that's where it starts. Like that's the foundation. Like as, you know, young kids, we are conditioned to, you know, think that food is either good or bad. And like, you see these things in magazines, granted it's getting better now, but there's still this overtone that like, you should be, you know, a certain type regardless of what that looks like. And, you know, let's be honest, it's traditionally small in mm -hmm. our day and age. And so with that being said, there are all these things that it's like, you know, are you hungry or, you know, you might just be thirsty, which is something that, you know, whenever I read that, I'm like, oh, well, so it's not my body telling me that, you know, like Chandra, you said, like, you know, I actually need food because, you know, calories are the gas for this engine. Mm -hmm. It's that like, I'm just thirsty. Like, let me just go drink some water instead. And so like, is that something that you have found has been true for you? Have you heard that before? Oh, I've heard it. Um, I lived by it. I, uh, in college, I had a dietitian make me stop drinking so much water because I had completely depleted my electrolytes because I would drink like three to four gallons of water a day. And yeah, and it's like, still people think that like more is better. Mm. Like, more water is better, more veggies are better, more exercise is better. Um, but that's not the case. <laughs> like, right. not, I mean, more skinny is better, which also isn't true. Like, you can be too thin. You can have too little body fat to be healthy. And that's just not what we see in, in the diet industry, in our diet culture. Um, even in the fitness industry, which I work in, like people, they automatically think I want to be thin. I want to be skinny. I want to be toned. But then they like, they will go to any sort of extreme, easy way, easy way to get there. So all of the fad diets, all of the things that say, you know, if you, you know, the eight week challenges where they're going to put you on a super strict diet and make you do high intensity training. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're going to take pictures of you every week and then they're going to show you, Hey, look, your body transformed. And you're gonna be like, yes, I want to do that. I want to be that person. I succeeded. And then if you stop doing it, then your body goes back and oftentimes gains more weight back because you just shocked it. The and it's rebound. like, yeah, like, when you are dieting, you are starving your body. Yep. Like it is, it's, you're eating less than what your body needs to exist. <laughs> and it's like, it's detrimental to your physical health. It's detrimental to your mental health. Um, 
And oftentimes, like if you're actually training for something, it's not good. Like how many people do you know who get stronger while cutting calories? Yeah. It's kind of like an accepted thing. Like if people have a competition, like let's take it to like the weightlifting or like powerlifting. I don't know if it's true, mm-hmm. but from what I've seen from um, weightlifting, functional fitness background, I've coached Olympic weightlifting. If you are cutting to lose weight, it's being a different weight class. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like you're kind of expected to not maintain like your numbers during that time. And yep. so, um, yeah, I think that so some shit that I wish someone would have told me, I thought that's why you're talking. Your brain needs like 800 calories just to function like your brain and your body, because what, whenever you mentioned that dieting is not good for your mental health. So like, first of all, I get it. You see the, the differences, you see the changes. Like I see why psychologically it works. Like we can talk about the brain science of that. Like as humans, we like to be proven that we are right. We like to see change. We like evidence. I get it. That's why people like orange theory. That's why people like PRs and like tracking their mm-hmm. number, tracking their weights, that kind of stuff. Because it's like, I'm doing the shit versus this like tangible or excuse me, intangible thought that like, well, I mean, I think I feel better, but like, I don't know. Like we want to, we want to know that we have that, that solid metric, that like thing that we can see that we can hold on to, because that means that we're in control. And that therefore means that we are safe on like a primal biological sense. That is all that that means. And so I get it. And when you mentioned that it's not good to diet for your mental health, because number one, like you become so fixated on trying to like make your body look a certain way, which is my story for, I don't even know how many years, like until I found functional fitness and started doing that, that's when I started to get curious about what my body could actually do versus Mm -hmm. trying to make it look a certain way, which by the way, it never looked like I wanted it to like, that was a carrot that I continued to chase until I finally said, fuck this carrot and started again, like wondering like, well, how much faster can I go? How much more weight can I lift? And that's when the changes started to happen. And in a mental health perspective, your brain needs, you know, X amount of calories to function, like depending on like your weight, height, activity levels, like different kinds of things. And when you're denying it a certain amount, then like you're, it's gotta, it's gotta go from somewhere like your body's going to have to compensate. And so it's not good for your mental health from like a psychological stance, just in, you know, how you feel about yourself and your emotions, but also because like literally on like a physiological stance, like you're denying your body like gas to operate at an optimal level. Right. And so a lot of times, I mean, things we talk about in the fitness industry a lot are macros, right? So <laughs> most people know what they are. There's fat, there's carbs, and there's protein. And there are diets out there that will cut anyone, well, not usually protein, but they'll cut any of those down. But your brain needs all of them to function. (laughs) Your body needs all of them to function. And like, that's, and your body knows that. And we, like, we ate all of these things and our body did all of these things before scientists discovered them. Like it's not, um, it's not like protein and carbs and fat didn't exist 400 years ago. Right. People still ate food and they still survived and they had a way to figure out what did they need. And Mm -hmm. it's not like people started eating meat because they were like, I don't know that that chicken he looks like I want to chase him. You know, they, they're, 
there was some sort of way that they determined that they needed to consume things. Right. And a lot of that, I mean, that's passed down through generations and things like that. But we like to think that we've figured it out mm -hmm. when in actuality, like, I don't know. We, it's like we're trying to deconstruct what our body already knows. Yeah. And so, like, our body knows when it's hungry. It's going to tell you when it's hungry. That's why you have hunger cues. But what we now consider hunger cues are completely different from what, like, what, I don't know. I'm going to say actual hunger cues versus, like, either faux hunger cues or, like, the ones that we think of normally. So I Googled it this last week because I was just like, okay, so what, what is the standard thing that, that people say are hunger cues? And the first things I saw were like, okay, so you're irritable, you're shaky, you might feel dizzy or lightheaded, like, and those were stated as cues, right? And I, like, to me, me feeling sick, that's not a cue that I should eat. Like, that is, that's like, a two by four being slapped across my face, like, hey, bitch, you need food. Right. My hunger cues are the fact that I'm sitting here thinking about food or like my brain is preoccupied with I need to put something in my face because my body's saying, hey, like, we're hungry, put the food in the face. Right. And there's just, I just think that there's a huge difference between what we accept as hunger cues mm -hmm. and what I've actually learned are subtle hunger cues and if you i mean you look it up on the internet and it says well you're gonna need to feel like your blood sugar is dropping before you should eat anything that just seems terribly uncomfortable honestly yeah, like, <laughs> let's not wait until like i'm about to drown before i throw the life preserver in right like let's teach <laughs> how to swim kind of thing and we have a comment exactly. Joseph, very true it's definitely not good for your health and mental health you damn skippy so I thought about like what you were saying in terms of we all need like the carbs and the fats and the protein and like people are all like egg whites, lots of protein. Well, the yolk actually helps you digest like, and that's some shit I didn't know. And like the, the vitamins and stuff like in the yolk actually helps you break down the other proteins. And so <clears throat> just things like that. And like, you're exactly right. Like somehow we knew, but as you know, humans and like our neocortex, and now we have these big brains and we're like, well, let me prove that I know this and that. We want to qualify everything. We want a system. We want an SOP. We want like, you know, to know that this is, this is what we should do. Because again, that control, which means that we, you know, you know, aren't afraid of the unknown. And so um, something that you said too, in terms of like hunger cues, and I definitely wanted to touch on this and I want to hear your experience. Um, like we, we know, when we're babies like you cry you get fed or whatever they figure it out like you figure out how to you know say that you're hungry but at some point someone tells us like we can't eat right now or like mm -hmm. we'll eat it's not dinner time or um are you sure you're hungry you had a big you know lunch like you can't be hungry already and so at some point we learn we're conditioned to not trust what our body is telling us we see shit on the news like or in the media or whatever like, oh, you just, you actually might be thirsty. You might be, you might be. But if your pee is like clear, <laughs> then you're probably hungry. Like, you know, <laughs> that's just an example. But, and like also the, like, 
Are you craving things because, you know, you're emotionally eating? Maybe, but you know where that shit came from? Lying to yourself about not being hungry all the times before. And so this is how this leads to distrust with like what you're actually feeling and not being able to trust yourself and your body and like what your body's telling you and this disconnect. And when that happens, it plays into trusting yourself with, you know, should I take this job? Should I hang out with this person? Should I, you know, um, pursue my passion or should I just, you know, keep going on like with the, the groundhog day? And so mm -hmm. this is what we're saying. Like, this is how it starts. This is how it starts. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things. I mean, you have, you have to eat every day. Your body literally requires it. So what is the easiest way to get you to stop trusting yourself is take those, those minuscule daily activities and then make you question them. Like you, you end up questioning every single step you take. And so I remember, so my family was always like Thanksgiving. My dad was like, we don't get to eat until Thanksgiving dinner, which is at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Like he wouldn't let us eat. And I'm like, but I'm hungry. And he's like, well, you're going to eat a ton tonight. I'm like, okay. But, but now, <laughs> right now I'm hungry. <laughs> so like this last Thanksgiving was amazing because first of all, we weren't like, we don't really like a lot of the Thanksgiving-y foods. And so we were like, well, let's just like, we're just going to eat all day and then eat what we want to. They're like, woo, thanks, grateful for you. And it was probably the most pleasant Thanksgiving I've had because there was no, there was no rules about when I got to eat, how I got to eat. And part of that was because I've done a fair share of healing before then and like, even if there were people who were saying, well, we're not going to eat until this time. I'm like, cool. I need a snack. I'm going to go find something to eat because my body says I need food now. And hold on. Offspring. I'm on a call. Bye. Offspring. Oh my God. Offspring. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that is my favorite thing. Um, but I say it like sweetly, like lovingly. Like, yeah, yeah, you didn't sound You sounded very nice. I, I mean, I got it. It's what they are. It is. That's true. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, there's just, there's so much that goes into it. And I, I don't, I can't even really express how much I've struggled with this. Like I thought, so Mike, I'm going to go my story in a nutshell when it comes to disordered eating. So I haven't grown since I was 11. Um, and I'm not like superbly tall, but I'm 5'6", and I wear about size 13, 14, right? So I'm, I've been the size of a full-grown woman since fifth grade, and that was hard. And so I tried and tried because like my my dad was uncomfortable with um oh sorry sorry we have a question and i got distracted no go for it um so the question was i'm still old school traditional or old tradi i'm still old tradition thinking breakfast is the most important meal of the day what do we think um my answer is yes <laughs> um 
one of the things that I've learned is that whether you are hungry first thing in the morning or not, your body needs energy to sustain you through the day. That doesn't mean it's going to look the same for everybody, but you need energy to exist. And that's what breakfast does. (laughs) And like for some people, it might be a banana. For some people, it might be like some protein milk, something like that. But for me, it's like this big bowl of oatmeal with fruit and nut butter and hemp seeds and just like things piled on top of each other. But uh, one, breakfast is important because it starts you off right for the day. Two, um, historically, if you talk to people who are binge eaters, usually you binge because you restrict too much. It's a binge restrict cycle. So you try to put off eating and you try to keep your calories low and eventually your body says, feed me. And then it does and it takes over. It just shuts down your thinking brain and it shoves food in your face because I do this whole food in the face shoving thing a lot. I've noticed, <laughs> but that's what happens. I'm like right. But your, your brain is going to say no. I need food, and if you're not going to give it to me, I'm going to take over the controls, and we're going to eat. Yeah. And then you get stuck in that cycle, because then you feel guilty, because you just binged on, and it's not usually, like, usually when you feel the need to binge, it's not going to be like, we're going to eat broccoli, chicken, and brown rice. Like, that's not usually your go-to. You want something that gives you quick energy. You And mine was always peanut M&M's. Because there's there's fat, there's carbs, and there's protein. And it tastes really good, and it stops the shaking. And then I, I could eat a three-pound bag of peanut M&Ms in a day. <laughs> but, yeah, and it's... But if you, like, the more you restrict on the front end, the hungrier you're going to be at night. So mm-hmm. what I've learned is that If you feed yourself throughout the day and you keep yourself satiated, like you're no longer a ravenous beast at eight o'clock at night trying to put food in your face so that you can sleep through the night. And then that's a whole other thing. If you aren't eating well, you don't sleep well. Yeah, it fucks up your circadian rhythm. Yeah, and it's... There's just so much. And it just affects everything. Oh, food is gas. important. It's the it's gas food. in your engine. It's the gas mm-hmm. in your engine. Your gas, the gas to your engine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Like, for those of you who are listening, you can't see, but as you were talking about, like, the restrict binge, I was, like, pointing at myself because that is, that is what I do. Like, historically, my experience with, the, with disordered eating was I would try to not eat, but I would have to. And so mm-hmm. I would then end up purging and throwing it up because I would, yeah, eat like <laughs> ice cream combos, like pizza combos. I was really into those. Um, the peanut butter M&Ms, not the peanut ones, but the peanut butter ones. And so, yeah, I would get like these bags of food and I was ashamed. There's a lot of shame there. Like I would keep them in my room so my roommates didn't know. And yeah, I would just eat and like watch whatever and I would eat for like a straight hour and then like throw it up 
And so, <laughs> and you had to, yeah, like you would learn like tricks. And so um, that's been my experience with eating, well, part of it. Um, but even though I know now, like consciously, like, hey, like, no, like we're not doing that. It's still like your body keeps the score. And so sometimes <laughs> I will find that it'll be the end of the night and I'm like, I'm fucking starving because that's just what my body thinks happens at mm -hmm. eight o'clock. It's just like, it's, it's dinner time. And I'm like, it's not now. That's not what we do. And I have noticed that exactly what you said is true that, you know, if you, and I've had to put alerts, like I have calendar alerts to eat every three hours, like from the time that I wake up every three hours and that's helped. Um, mm -hmm. And do I always do it? Like, not necessarily. Like, if it's a rest day and I'm not working out, like, maybe I'll skip a snack or, like, maybe I'll just have, like, a bite of something. But I try to get in the habit to teach my body because just like your body learned how to, you know, not do or how to restrict itself and how to, like, crave food at 8 p.m., you can teach it how to maintain and, like, trust you so that you're going to give it the fuel that it needs throughout the day. Because what's happened is when you restrict, your body doesn't trust you either. Because your right. body is like, now that she's given us food or that he's given us food, we're going to hold on to it. We're going to mm -hmm. keep this food and we're not going to use it. We're going to store it because we don't know when she's going to feed us again. And so, you know, like it learns that it can learn to trust you and that you are going to feed it at appropriate times so that you can sustain, sustain that throughout the day. Someone put it really eloquently, well, not really eloquently, but articulated it really well in the sense that you want to think about feeding yourself, not like throwing logs on a fire in mm -hmm. terms of like, you know, a couple times a day, but more like putting wood chips into it to keep it kind of going. So it's yeah. not like a big flame. It's like more, okay, like we're, we're going to stay warm, nice and toasty. The fire's there. And that's how you want to look at it. I'm like, that makes so much sense. Like, that totally. So we, we put out polls this week. And yeah. what you said totally went with one of them. So um, there was the one. So, okay. So it's two of them. How many you said, I think you said 80% of people said that they got hangry. Yep. How yeller. often do you get hangry? And it looks like it was a slider, but it looked like about 80% said nearly all the time. Yep. So that is like hangry is not a hunger cue, right? Like cue by definition, right? You are way past the hunger cue. It's not like like if you are on stage and someone's going, that's a cue. Like when you are hangry, they are like throwing you out on stage and being like, "You're on. Come on, do your job." So like trying to avoid that. And then the next one was. Okay, so why do you get hangry so often? Yeah, it was like, so and, why aren't you eating? And some why aren't you eating? Do not prepare, or is it because you're too busy? One hundred percent. Is that because they're too busy? Too busy. So your what? What is the word I'm trying to think of? Strategy. There we go. Your strategy <laughs> is a fantastic thing to do because even if you're not, like, if you if you know you're going to be busy, and most of us are ridiculously busy people, right? we have a lot going on. But if you know that you aren't making time to eat or you forget to eat because you get caught up in what you're doing, having those reminders set because, and it doesn't have to be every three hours, hey, I eat, but it can be every three hours, I check in with myself and say, do I need to eat? 
And because if you give yourself three minutes of just kind of like sitting and feeling your existence, you're going to go, okay, I need a meal right now. Or, you know, I might need a, I'm a little peckish. I need a snack to get me through. And sometimes you'll find that if you eat a snack an hour later, you're going to be hungry because you weren't really hungry. Like you weren't like hungry, hungry before, but you did need something to get you through, but that'll get you through another hour or so. And then you can start listening to those cues. But when you have all of this external stuff happening, it is really hard to listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. Whether, I mean, if, if it's music, if it's kids, if it's work, you're like, you're on another Zoom call for work, you're whatever it is. You have all of these things happening, all of this noise that is just constantly existing in life, and you can't hear yourself. Mm-hmm. So setting those reminders to take a couple minutes and just listen. And then maybe that's where it starts. Maybe that's where it stays. But find a way so that you can practice feeding yourself. Yeah. Because I was just going to say, and this is like watering feeding yourself, but also what I was going to add is find like, this is how you recreate a healthy relationship with your body or maybe create it. Maybe you never had a healthy relationship with your body. And like, now it's time to fucking make one. And this is how you do it by listening. And I wanted to point out too, something that you said that was brilliant in terms of taking a few minutes to check in with your body. That is what mindfulness is. (laughs) A lot of times, like, people throw this term around, like, be mindful. And you think about, like, some, you know, person sitting, like, in all white, like, on a pillow with, like, you know, what's that knock chompa, like, the the incense, like, going. And that's not it. Like, mindfulness is just being mindful of your damn self and, like, your surroundings. (laughs) And I think that it has, like, there's this common misconception. Like, we think that, like, it's supposed to be the stereotypical thing. And it's not. It's just being aware of your body and your needs and that is one way definitely to do it is just checking in with yourself and yeah like i thought about too how apple they have like the apple watches it's like breathe every hour and a lot of people are like i don't have time and i'm like eight percent of people or excuse me 100 percent of people said that they don't have time to feed themselves don't have time to put gas in their damn car 100 percent of people like would you do that if you were driving like no like you couldn't right. And so it's like same concept, like same concept, like your body's literally like running on fumes. And so unless you want somebody to like push your ass along, then you need to like have a protein bar or something. Like I used to, (laughs) I mean, I still do, um, but not as much anymore since COVID because we're, we're more at home. But uh, I used to carry like emergency protein bars. I mean, I still have protein bars, but if I know I'm going to be somewhere, I'm like, I'm I'm gonna, I'm, I don't know what the food situation is going to be like. And I know that my brain stops working. So I'm going to yeah take a snack, take some fruit. I have tuna fish packets and fruit snacks. Yeah. In yeah. every bag that goes everywhere with me. Yep. Your protein and your carbs. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> yeah. So question, what well, you were telling your story in terms of um, how you like got to like not trust yourself in, in that sense, I believe. Oh, so, I mean, so here's the, the, in the nutshell, it started late elementary, started restricting food. Um, by the time I got to high school, I was so obsessed with trying to be 
thin. Mm -hmm. Um, I started taking diet pills Mm -hmm. and laxatives on a regular basis. I would exercise instead of eat lunch. Um, By the time college rolled around, it was, um, I mean, diet pills were even more of an issue. I like regularly, I would swim every day over my lunch period. And then I would lift weights for two hours every night. And I did that while double majoring and working full time. And I was, I was a crazy person. Um, But then, so then there was the really hard part where I get lots of compliments. Mm. People be like, wow, she's so fit. Wow. She's so in shape. Wow. She's so Mm. healthy. Mm. And like, there was this huge internal struggle and a huge amount of shame because like there were a couple of times where I just wanted to scream like, no, I need help. Like I, I would, I would kill to accept myself, but I keep hurting myself on a daily basis because I don't, have any other way to find control and a lot of times with eating disorders it is control it is the like the one thing that you can do that like no one can take away from you and so like the struggle was a roller coaster and then by the end of college I felt healthier and I was fine and then I was um obsessively measuring my food And I mean, I portioned everything out, like, like all really good, healthy people do, you know, like 16 almonds is what I would eat because that's what the bag said I could eat. I would Mm -hmm. measure out exact ounces of what I would consume. And I just felt like it was normal. And then, then I found out that there's, um, an eating disorder called orthorexia, which is an obsession with healthy eating and exercise. And it is like, it's just so common. And I feel like when things are so common, people stop feeling like they're disordered because if everybody's doing it, it can't be wrong, right? But it's still like, it wasn't, mentally healthy and then I got into my first relationship post-college and I ate a pop-tart for the first time in like 15 years like I didn't know what a pop-tart tastes like after the fact I wasn't super like upset that I didn't know what a pop-tart tasted like oh, yeah, um, great. yeah I'm not a fan not great. but just the fact that I had spent 15 years of my short life, like refusing to eat just a litany of foods. Like, and so then I wanted to taste things again. And so I did. And I, you know, worked on getting healthier. Um, I think uh, in in my like full adulthoodness, the first thing that helped me reach for better health was my kids. 
um, I found out I was pregnant with my first son and I was like, I have to get off diet pills. I can't do this to another person. Like hurting me is one thing, but hurting somebody else, that's like a whole different thing. And then like after having kids, I was the largest I had ever been. I was the fattest I had ever been. Um, And it was the first time that I like looked at my body for what it could do versus what it looked like. Because I created another human being, and that was Great pretty too. fucking badass. You created two, yes, yes, God, yes. Um, and so that was great, and that really helped for a couple of years. And then, like post divorce, I went through like my first like healing growth kind of thing, and I was probably the healthiest I had been. I went an entire year where I like. I remember at Thanksgiving, I was like, should I have pumpkin pie or pecan pie? Fuck it. I'm going to have both. And somebody was like, well, why wouldn't you? And I was just like, we're not going to get into that right now. Like, there's a lot of why wouldn't I? But right now, that doesn't fucking matter because I'm going to have both. Yeah. And then 2020 hit. And oh, my God. Life was stressful. Life was too busy. I was working 15-hour days. And I relapsed three times. I, three separate times, I lost anywhere between 15 and 25 pounds in a month. And it was like, it was to the point, like, I would be weighing myself, hoping that the scale wasn't going down. Because at this point, like, I knew this isn't healthy. This isn't how I want to do this. But I couldn't stop it. And it was just like, I like I no longer had control of my disordered eating. It had control of me. And it was terrifying. And every day people would say, "Wow, you look great. Keep on doing what you're doing. Keep up with the good work." And I was like, "No, please no. Somebody somebody help me." And that is so there was a post I shared this week and it, you shared it as well that somebody put up and it just had, it's, it was like, like one of those, if you know, you know, posts and um, it just had like, it said something like my mom told me that um, I look like I'm losing weight and congratulating me on it. And then it just showed a bunch of pictures of gum and water and all I could think was, do people understand how those things are connected? Because when you compliment somebody's body, like we think that complimenting somebody's body is a compliment. Like most people don't think twice about it. But when some, you don't know if somebody's struggling. And if someone is struggling with their eating, with somebody struggling with their body and you compliment them, it reinforces the idea that, what that that them at a skinnier bot in a skinnier body is better and it's more accepted and it's more loved and that ruins their own trust right their trust with their body because if they're trying to heal if they're trying to eat if they're trying to gain weight and you only compliment them when they lose weight like you who are they supposed to believe right? All of the voices out here or the one inside. And we can say the one inside, 
but that is really fucking hard. Yeah. Because Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We need to experience love and belonging before mm -hmm. we experience self-esteem and self-actualization. So, I mean, it makes sense why people are people pleasers and why others' opinions have carry such weight and mean so much. And mm -hmm. so if you don't have a supportive community, like, I mean, you're not fucked, but like, how can like, I tell people all the time, this is <laughs> the, the advice that I give myself that I should listen to. Sometimes you need better friends. Like, if your friends aren't supporting you the way that you need to be supported, find better friends. It doesn't mean you have to get rid of those other friends. Just don't let them be the main people in your life. Because you need people who are supporting your dreams and your efforts and your health. Yeah. 1000%. Thank you for sharing your story. I appreciate that. It was very vulnerable. You had mentioned like, with that being said, how did you come to the realization that, you know, getting back to trusting your body and learning like, this is what this hunger cue means? Like, what did that look like? Oh, my goodness. My um, weekly sessions with a dietitian. <laughs> and what was that? How many, that's my dog. If you can. Oh, She's I'm like, sitting here right now. <laughs> so I had weekly sessions with a dietitian. Um, and there was just, there were a lot of things. I said you were whining. It doesn't mean you have to continue whining. You guys come say hi. Come here, come say hi. This is Maggie. She's beautiful. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> I don't lick my face. <laughs> um. But it was a lot of things that should be common sense mm. that I had to relearn. So the thing I said in the beginning, when you're hungry, you should eat. Like, that was mind-blowing to me. Um, there's, there's a hunger scale mm. that, like, so, like, I think it's, like, one through four is somewhere along the lines of hangry. And six through 10 is like over full. And then four through six is like, this is kind of where you want to hover between. Like you don't want to get hangry. You don't want to be over full. You want to be satiated yeah. regularly. And yeah. like for a couple of weeks, I had to like, every time we checked in, I like kept track. Like, when am I hungry? How am I hungry? How hungry am I? And for the first few weeks as I was learning to eat food again, like every time I'd be like, I'm hangry. Like I need food now. Like it, I need it immediately or I'm going to cannibalize somebody. And then I would slowly start adding things in. And one of the, the huge things that um, my dietitian had me do was add more protein and fat. Because I was like, well, I always bring all these veggies with me. And she's like, you need to eat something with them. Like, pro like vegetables are great, but they're not going to keep you full yeah. like protein and fat is going to do. Like, that's just not their nature. And so um, learning that thinking about food, like, if I'm trying to get something done, if I'm sitting on my computer, do, 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 and I can't focus because I keep thinking about dinner, I need dinner. 
because my body is trying to tell me that I need to do something else. Right. And it has been astonishing. Like on a daily basis, like I said, peanut M&Ms were my thing. And on a daily basis, I would probably have three to four handfuls of peanut M&Ms because I would get home and I'd be so hungry that I could not think about what other kind of food that I could get in my system or what I wanted. I just needed something to stop the crash. And I haven't had peanut M&Ms in probably a month and a half. And I, it's not that I don't like them. I just don't crave them. Right. I don't, it's not something that I need. And on occasion, like, I think the last time I had them, my mom was like, oh, hey, there's a couple left in this bag. Have them so I can throw it away. And I ate them, and I was like, I mean, they're all right. Like, nothing special. <laughs> and, awesome. um, but at the same time, it's, it's not linear. Because last month, I, so I backed off. So I, like only have one session a month now with my dietitian to kind of see like, can I take the training wheels off and started off really well. Thanksgiving was great. And I was like, I ate a lot over Thanksgiving. I didn't eat things I was allergic to. I felt great. It was amazing. And then something happened and I started eating less and I started feeling worse and I started sleeping less and I wouldn't train as well. And then by the end of the month, I was pissed because my deadlift did not grow as much as I wanted my deadlift to grow. And I weighed more and I was retaining weight or I was retaining water and I felt like shit. And so I checked back in with my dietitian and we talked about all of this. And she was like, you, like, where was your trust? I was like, I stopped trusting. I went back to my metrics. I went back to what do I weigh? How much body fat do I have? Like all of those things and not how I was actually feeling. And I let it, like, I let it start taking control again. And it was awful. But then like two weeks back to I'm eating food again, like eating regularly. Like, I don't care if I'm busy. I need to eat. And like, I feel stronger. I feel like I've lost weight. I've like, I just feel better because I'm giving my body what it needs. I'm going to give you another super awesome mental win for me right now. We went flooding yesterday because we got snow. Uh And last year I could fit into my old snow pants. Mm -hmm. They're size 12s. And I could fit into them. I could button them and zip them up. And I was super excited. And I put them on yesterday and I could not button them up. And for a moment, I thought, oh my God, I'm so sad. Like a year ago, I could fit in these. And then a little voice in my head said, yes, but a year ago you were sick and you don't want to be sick. Like you want to be healthy. And then my brain said, you know what? I need to buy snow pants that fit me. Because my whole life, it's been, I need to be a smaller size. Right. And I need to fit into what is the accepted norm. Right. But, like, just this concept of buying clothes that fit you can help your confidence so much. Because very few people 
there's a couple people who can get close, but very few people look at me and think that girl's over 200 pounds. And like, I don't, cause it's not a look like weight doesn't have a look. There is this amazing strong woman that I follow who I think she's like 230 pounds now. And she is just, she's just muscle. <laughs> like just like, and it's, I mean, she's a strong woman. Right. She just, she was doing jump squats with like 400 pounds on her back. And I was intimidated. Oh God. That's yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so congratulations. That is awesome. Thank you. And that is huge because I know, like I thought, like, as you were saying it, like I finished, I completed the sentence in my head when you were like, you know, so long you've tried to make yourself fit into like the pants, not like, let me buy the pants that actually fit. And I think mm -hmm. that's something that so many people have done. And something that you also said that resonated with me is that, <clears throat> you know, weight doesn't have a size. Whenever we were in high school, I thought about this earlier. I remember whenever they would weigh everyone, you know, I was a good solid, like 10 pounds heavier than my friends. Mm -hmm. And that like fucked with me because I'm like, do I look bigger? Because like, I didn't want to look bigger, but I'm like, right. but then why do I weigh more? And it wasn't until literally years later, I think I shared this with you years mm -hmm. later when I found functional fitness, cause I never played sports that I did a body fat test assessment just to know. Um, and like the dude said, like, I'm surprised you weigh that much. And I was like, what the fuck? But like, yeah, probably not appropriate. But at the same time, that was kind of the moment that I was like, oh, well, it's because you have a lot of muscle mass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> why did that some shit I wish someone told me? Like, why did no one tell me that? Like that? Yeah. So that was something like, yeah, weight does not have a look. And I love that. And then the thing, like on the fitness aspect, if you want to have muscle, if you want to have strength, if you want to have that toned look, you have to that's eat. Yeah. Like, that's what your muscle is made out of. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta... also, also didn't know that, um, but learned it when I started working out. So, okay, you told us your story. You talked about how, you know, you started to reestablish trust with your body and you've experienced mm -hmm. awesome wins for yourself. So how has this uh, learning changed your life and like changed your trust with yourself? I, so I would say a year ago, I put on a pretty good front of, I don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. Now I just truly don't give a fuck. I love that. <laughs> like I love who I am. I know who I am. And if you are going to tell me that I'm supposed to be a certain way, because you have whatever degree, I'm going to tell you, no, like my body says I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. My body says I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. Like even when it comes to training, cause I used to overtrain mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Like some of the times I've been most proud of myself. It's when I've gone to the gym and like, I have no gas in the tank. And instead of trying to make it through a workout because some workout is better than no workout because we're told that I went no I'm if I can't put 100% of myself towards what I'm doing I shouldn't be doing it I should if if the only 100% thing that my body can do right now is eat snacks watch tv and get some rest then that's what I need to do 
because that's what my body needs. And I injure myself less. Yes. Because <laughs> when, you, when you exercise, when you are tired, when you are exhausted, when you are burnt and you put weight on that, like you add extra onto that, you're just asking for injury. Yeah. Whether it's one time or when you do it repeatedly, like I completely blew out my knee in high school doing the simplest thing. And I couldn't squat for 10 years, which was sad. And you know why? Because I overtrained and I underate. And my tendons just weren't having it anymore. So they snapped. <laughs> so yeah, and it's like confidence. It is when you trust yourself, like all of the bullshit around you doesn't even matter anymore. And you can start to like live the life you want to live. And who does, like, I always tell people, like, I'm going to take over the world. Like, that's my whole thing. But my world, I, I, have, I have taken it over. It belongs to me. Yeah. It doesn't belong to anybody else. Yes. So, yeah. Your world. So, okay. And that was, yeah, my next question. Like, has this helped and how has it changed your confidence? But, yeah, it sounds like it's just, I mean, it, it is life-changing. Like, it's transformational. Whenever you mm -hmm. do start to trust yourself. And I do want to point out that it's not as easy as us just saying, well, like, you know, eat the right foods and like learn how to right. your body. Like it's a fucking process. Like Chandra mentioned earlier, it's not linear and it's something that you're going to go back and forth. And it's just, that is what it is. It's all part of the process. And like, you know, you had said in your bio, like trust the damn process. Like it just, this is all part of it. And this is all leading you to the next version of yourself, which it's just a cool thing that we get to reinvent ourselves as humans and who you are today is not who you were 10 years ago and it's not who you're going to be tomorrow and that's fucking beautiful and so yeah cool um i want to go over some poll results we talked about you know how often you get hangry and why you aren't eating but we also um did some polls today and so we asked do you see foods as inherently good or bad uh i know for me i grew up and I mean, no one ever said like, this is good, this is bad. But I mean, we all kind of get this notion that well, like Twinkies are trash, which I mean, that's, that's true, but <laughs> they're not <laughs> real. <laughs> Their shelf life is like 20 years. Like do not eat that. <laughs> if you, if you eat that, like you don't care about your life. Like don't eat that. <laughs> like, um, and broccoli's good. Like, you know, we know vegetables are good and those kinds of things, but you know, whenever like every food you look at, is well that's like this many calories well that's like that many calories and that's kind of where i think that it gets you know it's, it's dangerous and so mm -hmm. what's been your experience with that did you see it was good or bad before we talk about the results um i mean i used to i sugar was my big thing Sugar's like my biggest vice mm -hmm. and talking to my dietitian one of the one of the big things she told me was she was like, why is, why is sugar so evil? And I was like, well, because, you know, this X, Y, Z, like your blood sugar is going to raise, you're going to do this. Like some of it's just not good for you. She's like, you realize that no matter what you eat, when it goes into your body, it gets broken down into sugar. It doesn't matter where it starts. It gets broken down into sugar. Like your body does not distinguish between different sugars. It breaks down into sugar because that is... Like, that's the glucose that your body pushes through itself. Like, that everything turns into it. 
So like the fuel converter. What was that? Like the fuel converter. Yeah. And so like I saw a post today that I'll share later. Um, but it had like a picture of a donut and it said these are empty calories. No, they're not empty. They're not optimal, but they're not empty. <laughs> I love that. So, and it looks like most of our audience, so 25, so my, my question, my options were, uh, do you see foods as inherently good or bad? Number one option, duh, carbs the devil, or number two, no, that's dumb. 25% said duh, carbs are the devil. Um, and then 75% know that's dumb. And so I think that, yeah, this is something where we're like, we're learning more. Also, they could have just mm -hmm. said charge of the devil. Um, those people could have just said it because like, that's a funny, that's funny. Yeah. Um, and like, do you remember Atkins? Do you remember the Atkins diet? Yep. You should only eat 28 grams of carbs a day. I'm like, bitch, I had 28 grams of carbs. Like, <laughs> that's like three grapes. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. Like Jesus. So, yeah, that, another poll that we asked is um, when we asked, and this was a slider question, which do you abide by more, your hunger cues or your macros or like diet, like whatever that looks like? And it was a slider, but it looked like about 90% said that they go more towards their hunger cues. So that's awesome. Like, but still, some people are not. Um, mm -hmm. For food rules that you have adopted throughout your life, um, one of the good ones was everything in moderation a lot of veggies and I think that that's genius like mm -hmm. those are some food rules that I too have adopted um also one to add in here like giving yourself what you want like if you mm -hmm. want and this is something that I thought was cool so women know people are like time of the month they crave chocolate I read somewhere and I mean who knows if this is true but like it makes sense that raw chocolate cacao has a lot of iron in it you're mm -hmm on your menstrual cycle, like you're losing a lot of blood, like you need more iron. And so again, that's your body craving what it needs. And I'm like, yep. wow. And it's not our fault. The fucking industry puts a bunch of, you know, junk in it. And like, now you've got like marshmallow chocolates and like all this other stuff. <laughs> so yeah, you're getting it, but like, you're also getting this other stuff. Um, but I just thought that was so cool. And like to our point that like, yeah, your body knows what it needs. So like, give it to it. And so that's a rule that I've adopted. Just like, if your body wants something, like, give it a little. And how can you tell if it's a hunger or a craving? If you eat some of it and you're still hungry, then you probably want to eat, like, a meal or, like, mm -hmm. something of substance and not just, like, a handful of pretzels or something. Like, if you're, if you're craving something, then a handful of, you know, whatever it is should kind of help, like, you know, satiate But that. that, again, that is a great strategy. If you are unsure about what your hunger cues are saying, test it. Yep. Like, like don't, you don't have to sit down and eat a 20 ounce steak because you feel kind of peckish, have a little snack, wait 15, 20 minutes, whatever. And if you're still hungry, you're probably ready for a meal. Yeah. Like you're ready for something bigger. Yeah. 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 Like trust your body. Like, mm -hmm. and it's all just R and D like try it out. That's yeah. like, I, I love that. Um, what are some food rules that you've adopted or are there anything you um, I, I have unadopted all of them. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about those. So yeah, some food rules that you ditched. That was someone's answer. Actually, all of them. Like I love yeah. that. Like their answer was just all of them. Hold on. What's up? Nope. <laughs> Cause I'm busy. 
uh, one of the other answers, um, another one that we got was that rice and bread are bad. And like I'd asked about Atkins earlier, because yeah, like we're all like carbs are the devil. And so that's kind of where that notion came from. Um, and right. like response. And so what else are, or what are some other rules that you've ditched? So um, the eating after certain times. Oh God, yes. Um, because if I stay up till two o'clock in the morning, you best be damned I'm eating at midnight. <laughs> like, yeah. That's how that's going to go. Um, any foods that are good or bad, right? Um, other than if you're allergic to something, I say try to stay away from it because I have a lot of allergies and like you just feel like crap afterwards. <laughs> um, but sometimes they're worth it. Um, yeah, I just um having to have a certain amount of anything like i i work out a lot so i eat a lot of protein but i don't force it right i um like if i'm more hungry like generally so hunger cues that i have noticed for myself like if i am like if i feel empty mm -hmm. so like i feel like i like my stomach just is a pit i probably need more fat and more protein because that's what's going to fill me up if i'm feeling tired like if i'm lethargic i probably need more carbs like if i'm hitting that like mid-afternoon slump where i just can't get through my day i need some carbs because that's what's going to give me faster energy and like, they're not fast and hard rules, but that's generally what I've noticed. Right. And I've gotten to the point where I kind of crave, I guess, those things mm. when I'm feeling that way. Mm -hmm. And other than that, I mean, all of the rules. Fuck them. <laughs> I think you mentioned something, too, that I want to say that I want to uh, point out in terms of yeah like you've noticed like this is what your body needs in terms of food I think a lot of us too we need to talk about this when it's that mid-afternoon slump people are like oh I need a coffee or I need a caffeine or I need like you know something and I'm like no like you probably just need a fucking apple or a banana yep but instead you're gonna go like drink some you know energy drink and like have a monster which is going to like fuck with your you know, endocrine system and like your adrenals and like, you know, put it all out of balance. And so again, like no wonder, no wonder people are anxious and like don't trust themselves and like, you know, question their decisions and everything else because you're literally like at war with your body. Like yep. your body's saying like, hey, we're hungry. And it's like, shh, shh, keep quiet. Like here, have this drink. And it's like, no, that's, that's not what I need. So, okay. Um, key takeaways. I think that we have hit on here some really good stuff and uh, first of all, to give yourself permission to give your body what it needs and mm -hmm. to trust that your body knows what that's going to be. And I want to say, like, to give yourself the grace in figuring that out in that whole process, because like you said, it's not necessarily going to be something where it's like, OK, I've got my 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 checklist, my tools like I'm ready. It's going to be like a trial and error, R&D. And yeah, you have to build trust. Exactly. You have to. Like work on your communication with your body and like your own internal dialogue and what those cues mean. Because one of the things, like just to give this like last example, you had mentioned like, you know, if you're staying up until 2 a.m., you're going to eat at midnight. And one of the things for me is 
if I know like about what I eat every day based on mm-hmm. my training and my activity, but you know, the workout, let's say has, you know, a two mile run. I'm not really a runner, but it has like a two mile, three mile run, which I'd probably just be like, no, we good. No, I'm just kidding. I would do it. I would do it. But, um, I'm not used to doing that much. And so what I have found is that like, I would just be starving like at night. I'm like, why am I so hungry? And then I would think, oh, well, you're usually only used to running like a mile, mile and a half. <laughs> like, so the fact that you did like an extra like or double, no yeah. wonder. And so mm-hmm. like those kinds of things, like it's all research and development. Like it's all, we're all just figuring it all out. And I want to point out too what you said, weight doesn't have a look weight does not have a look like your body kind of knows what it needs. And I think that's what people call like their happy weight. I stay without me trying now that I'm aware of like what my weight is, give or take five pounds, depending on what time of the month, what I've eaten, like any holidays, I stay at like the same weight. Like it's Mm -hmm. just, it is what it is. And it's cool because people are like, you must really, you know, put a lot into it. And I'm like, I'm really mindful of, what I'm giving my body and like I have a good relationship with it at this point was not like that a long time ago but it just shows that like yeah like when you do these things and when you start to create this relationship I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means like I'm definitely not and I showed or I shared like I binge like I've you know experienced with a disorder eating but like you do arrive at a place where it's like this is kind of you know like my normal and that Mm -hmm. will be true for everyone but um, like what my normal is, is not going to be true for everyone, but like we all do have a normal and that will change based on different phases and stages of your life. But you were, you, you'll learn to know what that is when you learn how to trust your body and when you learn how to trust yourself. 100%. Do you have anything else to add that you would like to say? Let the people know. Just, I mean, I know we've just said this the whole time, just practice trust, build that trust it's going to take time. It's going to take, sometimes it's going to feel like an ungodly amount of effort, yeah. but it's worth it. And I think those are wise words and definitely worth repeating. So yeah, thank you. So, okay. Where can they find you? What do you have going on? Oh my goodness. So you can find me at <laughs> I'll leave three. All. I'll leave them all in the description. Okay. <laughs> all my Instagram pages. Um, so I also, my new website is up and I will share that with you as well. Um, but it's common humanity, and, uh, things I've got going on. So I've got the common humanity podcast, yeah, which is just, it is just a podcast where we have real human conversation. Um, I love connection and it is all about connecting and just having a conversation with people and helping us understand that we are all human and we all have faults and we all have pain and we all have joy and talking about those things and telling our stories so that people can understand that they are not alone and we are indeed a common humanity. Yeah. You had Um, the first one this week, right? I did. The very first one. I tuned in. I thought it was great. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Um, and then I, let's see, other things. I, I'm, she said it earlier, I'm a trainer. Um, there's nothing really big going on with that right now other than I train people who it's fun. Um, my other big thing is my first book comes out um, February 1st. It's called Honor. You can find it under CS Phoenix. 
Uh, Pre-orders should hopefully be up and running next week if I can handle some technology. Um, it's a poetry collection, and it is the first of a three-book series about my journey through trauma and healing. And the first book talks a lot about body dysmorphia and disordered eating and um, a lot of other triggering things suicidal ideation, self-harm, um, things that unfortunately a lot of us have felt at some point in our lives. And it is my way to open up my heart and tell my story because that is what has helped me feel comfortable in my own skin is hearing other people's stories. And so I have found my courage to tell mine so that hopefully um, it gives somebody out there the courage to start speaking on their own. I love that. So yeah. And don't you, what's on Spotify? Can they listen on Spotify? Oh, yes. There are 16 poems from that on Spotify, also under CS Phoenix, also under Honor. Um, they are linked on my Instagram page in my little link tree. So um, you can find it there. And yeah, so if you're an audio person definitely listen to those um yeah that is just writing and talking and helping people be the strongest versions of themselves whatever that looks like that is my whole purpose on this planet yes speaking your truth so that others can do the same exactly i love it well chandra thank you so much for being here thank you for your vulnerability your honesty thank you for having this conversation with me um, I will make sure to link all of her pages in the description of this. Make sure to give her a follow, slide into our DMs, ask us any questions if you have them. Uh, next week, I will be here with Sharon, a new person. Um, and we're going to be talking about how outsourcing your approval is keeping you small. And so it's going to be a juicy one as well. It's going to be um, next Friday, the 14th at 4 p.m. So I'll be posting about that. Um, Make sure to check out the Common Humanity podcast as well. They're doing Instagram lives where they have the conversations. And we'll see you around the good Instagrams. Oh, yes, for sure. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Have a great weekend.